Hello, Christian singles. Welcome back to another podcast episode. If you are not following us here on Podbean, go ahead and do so. You can also follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and you can follow us at My Single Plus on Instagram. So if this podcast has been encouraging you, if it's been something that you have needed throughout your day, maybe several times in a day just to stay encouraged in this season of singleness, then I encourage you to go ahead and share this with friends, people that you may know that are walking this out with you. So with that, let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another podcast episode of Single Plus. My name is Daria White. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you all have had a great week so far. I also hope that you enjoyed our last podcast episode, which featured the Christian Singles Hub's founder, Michelle Apples. If you haven't listened to that, go listen to that. It is a awesome episode with some great nuggets of wisdom shared by Michelle and her heart for this area of Christian singleness and how her vision is to really bridge the gap for singles who feel alone, who feel abandoned, who feel like, where's their purpose? Well, go check that out if that is something that you need to be reminded of that you have purpose now. And before I get into uh, today's topic, I want you to know that the hub where we are ambassadors for is opening up an academy so it is so interesting how god is bringing this back full circle because when i first started this podcast originally it was called days with daria i had online courses that god had given to me that god had inspired me with and i did record but nothing came of it at the time i didn't have the capacity to handle it like i wanted to so if you were here since the beginning and you ever wonder what happened to the courses i had to put it on hold so i'm so grateful that god has brought it back full circle and now that i'm partnered with the christian singles hub and now that we are ambassadors for this platform the hub is up it's opening up an academy trying to get it all out an academy and courses are going to be available so if you remember the workshop that i shared about it was probably i don't remember when it was it's been so long but actively waiting okay actively waiting for things to do while single that has now been turned into a course i wasn't able to share everything that i wanted to in the two hours that i had in the workshop but i go into even more detail inside the course so the hub academy is going to be officially launching september 12th so not that much longer of a wait and you can definitely follow the Christian Singles Hub on Instagram to get more information about it. We are definitely promoting it with some fun reels, sharing testimonials from people who participated in the workshops. It is not just my course, so Actively Waiting is one of them, but we also have the 21-Day Dating Challenge. That is by our founder, Michelle Apples, and Unlocking the Keys to Contentment, which is by another course creator and fellow leader in the hub, Amanda Giuseppe. So... You have three courses that are going to be launching soon. So if any of those resonates with you, please check it out. You can definitely go to the website, thechristiansingleshub.com. You can click on the tab that says the Hub Academy and you can read up a little bit 
on all three courses. But I wanted to make that announcement before we get into today's topic. And I have to be honest with you all, the last 24 hours, I have been really feasting on the word and really feasting on biblical um, sermons because I'm definitely in a season where I'm having to trust God in the unknown. I'm definitely in a season where it's like, okay, God, it's either you or I don't know what I'm going to do. And that is a vulnerable place to be. It's a scary place to be. But yesterday, the Lord took me to Psalm 121. So the topic of this episode is going to be Psalm 121. And I'll definitely relate this to singleness as I try to relate all my episodes. But as you know, we can talk about other biblical uh, topics in between. But Along with listening to Psalm 121, I found myself listening to a sermon and I listened to it probably three times. And it was the most recent sermon by Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts. And on one hand, it's called Release to Rise, but it's also titled Rise, Slay and Eat. And it's based off of this the passage in the book of Acts where Peter goes into a trance and he sees this this sheet come down from heaven and all these creatures and animals are on this sheet and God tells them to rise, kill, and eat. And Peter's like, I don't eat anything unclean, Lord. I can't do that because of his Jewish background and the things that they weren't supposed to eat, things that they were forbidden to eat. And God says that to him more than once, don't call what I've made unclean. So if you want to check out that sermon, prepare yourselves. (laughs) Prepare yourself. But it is definitely a sermon that hits home in the area of when God is calling you to do something, He will equip you to do it. You can bring all of who you are to what he's called you to do. So yeah, there's a lot in there. So I was definitely up last night just feeding my spirit. I, I really needed that to revive me. I really needed that to refresh me. So I encourage you that if you're going through a low moment right now, especially in this season, go back to the word of God, return to biblical doctrine don't go to what culture says don't listen to what people think you should do your best blueprint is the word of god but as we get into psalm 121 there are a few verses that stood out to me and this psalm i think it's pretty common maybe not as common as others but some verses are familiar so it starts out with saying i lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And if you're familiar with Casting Crowns, they have a song called Praise You in This Storm. That song came to mind yesterday as I was listening to this being played back on the Bible app. And that is definitely a song that we sing, maybe not even realize what we're singing, but how do you praise God in a storm? It even reminds me of a past sermon with Pastor Michael Todd, where he's on stage preaching he's in the pulpit preaching and he has the special effects team turn on rain and the background behind him is water and he's getting soaked (laughs) he's getting soaked I can't remember the exact title of that particular sermon it may be in the series of oh man I can't remember I know it had to do with uh their theme anchored so it's been a while but he was definitely walking and the water rain was just pouring on him. He says, sometimes your Christian life looks like this. You're getting soaked, you're getting rain on, but can you still have the posture of worship? Can you still have the posture where you're like, you know what, God, if I'm in this storm, you'll sustain me. 
So as I continue here, verse three, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither sleep nor will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. So the verses that really stood out to me are the latter ones, verses five through eight. And this was part of my devotional as we are now in the book of Numbers. And the writer of the particular devotional was par- was using these verses in Psalm and comparing it to Numbers chapter six, the latter part of it verses 22 through 27, I believe. And it's interesting because my dad just preached on that this past Sunday about the blessing. And we know the song, we hear it on the radio all the time, the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. But how many of us really take the time to meditate on what those verses mean? And I know for a lot of you in this season of singleness, in this season of waiting, it feels like God... (laughs) I don't understand. What are you doing? You can definitely check out my live too that I did earlier this week um, when you've done all you can. But I just want you to know that your help comes from the Lord. And the more I get into the word, the more I allow the word to get into me and to uh, mature me and to stretch me and know it's not easy. I'm not saying that this is a fun experience. I'm definitely one of those people that does not uh, like the unknown. Some of you all are spontaneous and you're like, yeah, adventure, let's go. I don't care. For a lot of us, that's not our personality. And I'm definitely one of those people. So it is definitely a learning curve for me when God takes me through seasons of testing. And I have to trust that he knows the outcome, even though I don't know it. And that can be challenging. But the good part about it is, is that I'm willing. It's one thing to be stubborn. It's one thing to be obstinate and say, no, I'm not doing that. I don't care. But it's another thing to say, like, okay, God, that's not my tendency. That's not my norm. But if you said it, then help me to believe it. If you said it, then help me to trust you. If you said it, then help me to keep going, regardless if I see what's on the other side of the corner. So with these verses here, the Lord is your keeper. I know there's a lot of you who are facing loneliness. There's a lot of you who are facing the possibility of, am I going to spend the rest of my life alone? Or I keep going on these dating apps and nothing ever comes of it. Or I have great conversations with all these people of the opposite sex, but it it fizzles out. It never goes into an exclusive relationship. It never leads to anything. What am I supposed to do? Am I doing something wrong? But remember, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your keeper. And if he can keep you in every other area of life, I was even having a conversation last night and we got on this topic. If we can trust God for everything, and I've said it before here, why can't you trust God with this area? You can trust God with your heart. I hope you know that, right? I know a lot of you have been heartbroken. You've been disappointed, but you can trust God with your heart. And then this is the part that stood out to me with verse five that God really had to break down for me yesterday. The Lord is your shade on your right hand and at first I couldn't pinpoint what that meant like Lord what does that mean like you're my shade on my right hand and I found myself putting my right hand out and in order for shade to be on my right hand or on any other part of me 
He's like, I'm covering you. You're covered, ladies and gentlemen. You're covered. I don't care how long you've been single. I don't care how long it's been since you've been on a date. You're covered. I don't care if the past relationship didn't work out. I don't care if, unfortunately, you've been through divorce and now you're wondering, will you ever find happiness again? Will you ever meet someone that's going to be with you for a lifetime and they're going to love you for the rest of your life? You're covered. I don't know how God is going to cover you. I don't know all the details of it, but you're covered. And then verse six, the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. And that doesn't mean that things aren't going to try to attack you. It doesn't mean that the enemy isn't going to try to do things to get you off course and throw you off. Because we live in a sin-filled world, because we are still in a human body, yes, things are going to happen. But there is a certain provision that comes with being a child of God. And yes, things may happen, but they can only go so far. Like with Job. Yes, Satan had his way, but he only went so far because God said, you can do whatever you want, but don't kill him. Or even in the first round, he said, you do whatever you want, but don't touch him. So Satan can only do so much. And with whatever Satan does that God lets him get away with, it's not to break you down. It's not to see some see some of us have a hard time understanding that process because like what why would God allow these things to happen to hurt me? Why would God allow these things to disappoint me? And The only way I can explain it is we only have one piece of the puzzle. God has the full picture. And God knows that, again, we're in this sin-filled world. We know, and and he knows that the enemy is roaming about, seeking who he can devour. So I, I see it as God is looking at things from a bigger perspective. He sees that this thing is coming. And yes, he could very well stop it. Yes, he could very well keep it from happening. But I'm reminded of the verse that says, all things work together. And some of the most painful moments in my life, now I can only speak for me, again, some people have a difficult time understanding, like, why would God allow all these things to happen? Why can't God stop it? I, I hear you with that. And I've definitely had those moments where I'm like, God, why didn't you save my loved one after so many years of praying? That has been my story. That has been my story. I remember, and I may have shared this before, but I don't mind sharing it again. I remember back in 2000 and I think it was 2004 going into 2005, we had been praying right around three years for my mother's father. So my maternal grandfather, he had been sick for three years straight. And we were praying as a family for God to heal him. We were praying three times a day. We were checking in with one another. We were praying for God to heal him. And I honestly believed even as a young teenager, because I was like 13, 14 at the time, I honestly believed like, well, you know, if we're asking and of course, you know, God's gonna do it, right? still, you know, young in the faith, but my grandfather ended up passing away. And so that was my first time experiencing a, like, okay, Lord, I asked you for something, but you didn't do it. Or, okay, God, I I expected something, but you did something completely different. And that's probably the longest time that I went without praying because that's how mad I was at God. So I'm not saying that you're not going to have moments where you're mad, (laughs) you're angry. And in my case, I'm like, well, I'm not praying anymore. I did go through that stage. Like, I'm not praying anymore. If this is how God works, I don't want nothing to do with it. But because there was already a love for Jesus, even at a young age, I couldn't stay away. 
So when I finally broke down and ended up praying because I felt something was missing, seriously, you all, (laughs) if you've never fallen in love with Jesus, I'm encouraging you to do it now because that is one person you can't live without. I know you want a spouse. I know you want a significant other, but fall in love with Jesus first. And that was the turning point for me, even in my young teenage years. And when I finally broke down and I prayed and I asked God, I said, God, why didn't you heal him? Like this, this is someone that I love. This is someone that you know, I care about. He's been suffering all this time. Why didn't you heal him? And at 13 years old, God, I remember hearing God. And this is probably the first experience that I had of God speaking to me. He said, I did heal him, just not the way you wanted me to. I'll never forget that. And even though that was painful and there was a lot of grief and I felt the loss, that moment of pain was a catalyst that got me to get even more into the word. So my grandfather's death sparked me wanting to get to know God more. So yes, there are painful moments, but some of these moments, if we allow God, he can use them and turn them around. And that began me building intimacy with Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying that I didn't have my my time as a teenager and, you know, just growing up and all this other stuff, but I was covered with a lot of things that did not happen to me because of that love for God at a young age. So when I read these verses that the sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night, yes, things happen, but we're still covered. Yes, things happen, but there's still provision. Yes, things happen, but he's not leaving you high and dry. Yes, things happen, but he's not abandoning you. And then later on in verse seven, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. So I don't know where you are right now in this certain season of your life, in the stage of your life, but God is a keeper. You can trust his heart for you. You can trust his plan for you, even when he says no, even when it feels like you're taking a loss. And it may not be a loved one passing. It may be the loss of a job. It may be struggles in your business. It may be, you know, drama going on at your job and you're stressed out. I don't know why God allows certain things, but what I do know is that he's molding you and that he's shaping you and that everything in his timing will turn out for your good. That's the best way that I can put it because I'm walking it out myself. And no, it is not easy. I'm not here to tell you that it's easy, but it's possible with his spirit. It's possible because of who he is on the inside of you because greater is he that is in you than he that's within the world. It's possible. So are you willing It all boils down to, are you willing? Are you willing to partner with God in this area? And it doesn't necessarily have to be about a relationship and wanting engagement in marriage. Are you willing to partner with God for your life? Are you willing to partner with God for every area? Are you? That's the question that you have to ask because it reminds me even in the New Testament when followers of Jesus were leaving because they were saying his teaching was too hard especially when he said, whoever eats my flesh and drink my blood. They didn't know what he was saying. They're like, okay, he sounds crazy. This sounds like cannibalism. Why are we eating him? No, (laughs) but they didn't realize that he was speaking from the standpoint of him giving his body, him sacrificing himself to be our 
atonement for our sins on the cross. So when they heard that, they took it literally like, okay, he's crazy. We're leaving. And all we have are the 12. And he asked them, will you leave also? And they were like, where are we going to (laughs) go? And that doesn't mean that the disciples didn't suffer. A lot of them were martyred for the faith. They suffered. They were beaten. They were arrested multiple times. They, I'm sure, were, you know, going back and forth you know, spreading the gospel and traveling to different cities, maybe on the run quite a few times, but it was worth it to them because they saw who Jesus was. They knew that following Jesus wasn't in vain. They left everything to follow him. They left behind their jobs. They left behind their families to follow him. They sacrificed because they saw like he is the son of God. He has purpose for my life. I don't have to stay where he found me. I can continue to walk in where he's calling me to go. So I don't know the ins and outs of what may or may not be going on in your life. I don't know the details of it, but I'm encouraging you to stay the course. I'm encouraging you to not let the enemy just have his way with you. I'm encouraging you to stand firm in the word of God, rehearse his word more than you rehearse the lies, rehearse his truth more than you rehearse what's wrong, rehearse his truth more than you rehearse your problems and your inadequacies and insecurities, rehearse his truth more. I'm really starting to understand what Paul meant by be content. I really, it's really starting to, to, really resonate with me. It's like, God, how do we stay in this posture where our faith doesn't waver? Because I really do admire Paul. And Paul went through some stuff, shipwrecks, being beaten, being stoned, and they thought he was dead. It's like this, even even Jesus said it before when he was talking to Ananias, like he will suffer. Paul will suffer for my name. But even in that, Paul stayed focused on his mission. He stayed focused on, I got to preach the gospel. He didn't wait long. Once he was converted, he went from persecuting Christians to teaching in the synagogue about Jesus. <laughs> he stayed focused. I'm like, God, how, how do you do that with so much going around? Yes, it is a discipline. It's a practice. But you got to stay focused on who Jesus is. You got to stay focused. And don't beat yourself up when you get off track. Refocus. Focus and then refocus. Focus and then refocus. Focus and then refocus. I don't know who needs to hear that, but refocus. Refocus. Stop. Don't don't allow yourself to wallow. Don't allow yourself to beat up on yourself. And I know for me, that is a habit that I've had to break because I know I can be hard on myself as soon as I make a mistake. Like, oh man, I shouldn't have done it like that. Why did this happen? I'm I I am one of those. But refocus. So I hope and pray that that ministered to you. I hope and pray that that encouraged you. Listen to Psalm 121 in its entirety. If you've never listened to it before, I definitely listened to it more than once. And it's honestly a great reminder and it's truth in it. So Lord, thank you for those that are listening right now. God, remind us that you are a keeper and you neither sleep nor slumber. You're not sleeping on the job. You're not dozing off on us. Father, you're very attentive, and you know what's going on. You know when it's going on. You know what's to come. You know what's happened. So, Father, whether this has to do with relationships or any other area of life with the people that are listening right now, Father, I pray that they would trust you even though they may not understand. I pray, God, that they will rely on you, doubting nothing, 
not doubting your heart for them, not doubting your character, not doubting who you are. They may not fully get it, but Father, I pray that they would just say, you know what, God, I don't have to get it, but you do. I don't have to understand, but you do. So Holy Spirit, I just pray for reassurance. I pray, Lord, that you will restore those who may feel shaken with their faith, who may feel discouraged in their faith. Father, I just pray that you would just help us to surrender this area and that we would just, again, rely on you, rely on you to lead us. Our help comes from you, the one who made heaven and earth. So, Lord, we have the upper hand. It doesn't matter what we see. doesn't matter what we hear. As children of God, we have the upper hand because you are our keeper. You are our help. You are our covering. You will not let anything strike us. And even when things, Father, hit us, when we give those wounds to you, we come out stronger. It's really, <laughs> it's, it's, I don't even know how to explain it, Lord, but the enemy messes with the wrong ones when he comes after your children. Because he may think he's, he's getting a few licks in. He may think he's getting a few punches in. But Father, when we come back to you, when we come back to your feet and when we are restored in your presence, when we are healed, Father, in your presence, we come back stronger. We come back mightier. We come back, Father, with authority over the thing that just hit us. We come back, Father, with more power, God. And the enemy, Father, has to find a new tactic. He has to find a new strategy. So, Father, I pray that we would not call it a quits when we get hit in the fight. I pray, Father, we will not call it a quits when we feel discouraged. I pray, Father, we won't call it quits when we feel inadequate, when we feel insecure, but that we will remember that our identity and our foundation is in you. The enemy has no idea the power that you place on the inside of us. He may know to a certain degree because that's why he attacks. But he has no idea, Father, the full purpose that you have for us. So I pray, Lord, that we will hold on to it. That we will not let it slip out of our hands. And those, Father, that are struggling with their belief, help them with their unbelief. You can handle it. You're not afraid of our doubts. You're not afraid of our insecurities. You're not afraid of our fears. I pray, Lord, we would just admit them, men and women. That we would just admit them to you. And I pray, Lord, for a trusted circle that we will have fellow brothers and sisters in Christ that we can be honest with, we can be vulnerable with, where we can be encouraged, corrected, challenged, so that we can grow and mature because the world needs the light. And your word says that we are the light. We are the salt of the earth. And I pray that we won't hide that light. I pray that we won't dim that light. And at the end of the day, Lord, you are the blessing. Marriage is great. Having more money is great. Having success is fine, but you are the real blessing. You are the real treasure. The gift of Jesus is the best gift that we could ever, ever hope for and want. So I thank you, praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all so much. Again, if you're not following us here, follow the podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at mysingleplus. And don't forget the Hub Academy is launching this coming week. So if you're not part of the Hub, join the Hub so that when the course is launched, you'll be able to go ahead and participate. So we have Actively Waiting, the 21-Day Dating Challenge, and Unlocking the Keys to Contentment. So I hope to see you there and be sure to check out the other courses. But 
Thank you all. You have a great rest of your day and an awesome weekend. Stay safe out there. And I'll talk to you all next time. God bless.